Hello, Free Play Podcast Network. This is Chris Dell, community liaison of Free Play Arcade, and I am here to welcome you to a new podcast. It's the FPKQL Hive Watch. It is a podcast all about the Free Play Killer Queen League, but it's not the official Free Play Killer Queen League podcast. That'd still, of course, be Money and Kobead. But I'd like to introduce myself first. My name's Chris. I am the community liaison. I'm the producer of all these podcasts you've been hearing. You probably know me if you come to free play at all. I run all the streams. I'm the commissioner of the league. I'm the queen of the wannabes. Blah, blah, blah. That is not as important as my partner is. Sitting beside me, I have a special guest for me, for you, for everybody. It is the two-time MVP of the Free Play Killer Queen League, the two-time champion of the Free Play Killer Queen League, and most importantly, the current preseason champion, Eric Merritt. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hive Watch. I am more than happy to be here. What we're going to be doing a lot of today is going over with you kind of what's going on in the league. Definitely going to be excited for the people who maybe didn't get to see the stream or you just want to know what's going on with the league. It's going to be a great time here. I'm excited to see where we go with this one. So... I'm ready to just hop into it if you are. Yeah, is this a is this your first time doing a, a podcast? Yeah, so I mean, I used I, the last time I did any kind of radio show would have been 2003. I had a little morning minutes show that I did at the beginning of the day at Bowman Middle School in Plano. Nice. I had it for about three, four months, and then I called somebody out over the PA system, and the principal put an end to that. We're not going to have any of those problems this time. That was my brief foray into radio. Wow. Okay, I feel like I should have done this long, long ago, because I I definitely want to hear what you have to say about things. Let's talk about the Free Play Killer Queen League. If you're unfamiliar, if you haven't listened to the Free Play Killer Queen League podcast, which there wasn't one last season. I I won't believe they had one last season, but the, the season before that, they were pretty dutiful about it. We are a Killer Queen Club League. That's kind of like the NBA, the NFL, NHL, EPL, soccer. It's a sustained league where you have, say, a draft, a salary cap of sorts. We don't really deal with real money because we're all poor Killer Queen players. But uh, we have sustained teams with sustained kind of ownerships. We call the owners or what what do they call them in the NBA now? The years. So, Oh, in the NBA. The managers now or something like that. They have a a name because it's problematic given the... The racial makeup of NBA. But we call them apiarists. They're sustained. They own the teams. There's six teams in the league. There has been for the last four seasons, I believe, six teams? Yes. We have Honey Bunnies coming in, and I believe B2 Bombers cycled out this past season. Yes. We are still at six teams, and a little bit of expansion and contraction at the same time. But the Honey Bunnies are our newest team. Uh, we do have the Battle Hive Apis, Wannabes. Pollen Count was the most recent new team. Results may vary in Dusk Map Till Dawn. I believe Battle Hive Wannabes, Results May Berry are similar in there. That's your like not your original six, because there was only four of them. Yeah, there was original four. Those the B two bombers and the boobies were yes, the, were the boobies. the other two. But still from that, that first first season are the wannabes and Battle Hive Apis, your team. So yes. our teams. Our oh, two yeah, teams. So there it is. <laughs> yeah. The teams they keep the same names and logos. The players sometimes change or they do change. Like it's built into our rule set. So it's a bit of a unique format for Killer Queen, but it's not unique to me and Eric as club sports fans. I mean, I never see you without well, you have currently on a KC hat, but usually it's it's something Tampa Bay related. Yeah, yeah. Right now, you know, it's a this is a audio medium, so you can't see me. But I am currently wearing a Kansas City Monarchs hat, just because it goes with the red shirt that I am wearing. So, a little visual 
food for you there. Really, the big thing with that there is there's continuity because of how long the season runs. I believe we do a double round robin. Is it double round robin or single round robin? It's uh, double round team? robin. Each team plays other, each other team twice in the table. And it's over the course of four league dates. And I won't, I'm, we're not going to expand past four league dates, nor are we going to expand past that format, which is the exact same as the EPL. You play one there, and you, and play, you play one here. One. Yeah, home right? and road. Yeah. yeah, so it's exactly the same format as the EPL uses, the, sorry, English Premier League Soccer uses to determine their champion. And that's how we determine our Nikita Cup champion, which, of course, Eric is currently holding the Nikita Cup. So, congratulations. Yeah. Yes, and so that, and then for the pocket people, that kind of functions as the regular season champion. But just because you regular season champion doesn't mean it's all over there, because then we roll into our playoffs. Yeah, it's a postseason tournament. It was it was instituted last season when more teams wanted a reason to show up for the the finale, whereas we were doing kind of World Series MLB style, where we had the top two teams qualify for the last one. Because well, I wanted to keep the much like the old college football argument, I wanted to keep the regular season meaningful. Yes. So only the top two qualified for the final, and it was a World Series type format. We've kind of quashed that, and now it's now with six teams, it's more like the NFL or single elimination format. Yes. Maybe NBA also. They, 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 yeah, they the NBA's got a weird like playing system now. Oh um, yeah, forgot. Like, Sorry, the NBA of my my era. Yeah, maybe I used to just be top eight and then just go on, but. It's definitely more like the NFL now where you've got your top two teams at the top of the regular season table get buys. Mm -hmm. And then your three and six play your four and five. And then it just goes seeds from there. It's just single elimination all the way through. You get in, you win, you're in, lose. That's the end of it for you at that point. Yeah, so we have a whole different trophy for that. That's the honeypot, the classic free play killer queen trophy. So we have two trophies, two champions, at least in theory. And, uh, you know, an ultimate champion would win both trophies in the same year. And once again, my partner Eric has done that. Congratulations again. <laughs> you know, that's always in the past now. So we're now looking at, we're now in our sixth season. And I think I really am excited for like how this season's already looking out. We're going to get into it as we go over the games very briefly. But already we have in the standings there, every team has at least picked up a map. So even early on, nobody's really out of it. There's still a lot of time for everybody to go ahead and stake their claim and make a shot at the cup. So, I had a question before we completely move on. We got a, one slight tweak if you've watched the previous season. We had been doing day, night, dusk during the regular season. And now we've gone to day, night, dusk, and twilight. We've introduced twilight into the mix. All four maps are played regardless. That's the full set, at least within the, the league structure. Any thoughts on, on how that is going forward? Yeah, so that, it's really important that we are, like, regardless of anybody's feelings on Twilight, I mean, well, Twilight, I'm going to make sure we uh, say the proper name of it. It's really important that we are playing that. It's a good thing for not just the league, but the scene moving forward that we are playing Meat Map, Twilight Map, at a... It's okay. You call it either way. It was yeah. <laughs> um, it was you a call it a piece of S if you want to. Like, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to hold back, but also, yeah, I just yeah. I want to make sure we played it. Yeah. Yeah, and this is definitely good because other scenes of the country are starting to play that map. And this is really our first opportunity to get ahead of the curve. Like, New York and Chicago got the cabs before we did, period. And then they've had the cabs at a competitive level before we really, Dallas really grew as a competitive scene and started traveling and really getting our names out there. So this is really an opportunity for us to get ahead of the curve. And that hasn't, just because of time and how it works in a linear fashion, this is our first real opportunity for that. So forcing it in the league is good. It's also going to be great for 
strategies on the fly. It can be a little difficult for teams, especially newer teams who haven't maybe haven't played together and still unsure about how to gel together on day, night, and dusk for those strategies may already be a little more mutable and firm. On Twilight and Meat, we don't nobody really exactly knows whether yeah. is it a military, is it snail, is it berries? Everybody's got theories, theories on it. But, yeah. uh, but we don't even know how to open. No actually knows anything yet. And so that's actually a advantage for teams that Maybe can steal a map and turn those what could have been a three zero previously into a three one, and now instead of losing a map and being minus three in your map differential, you're only minus two, and that can help in tie breaks down the road. Yeah, I think I think it allows for like fundamentally sound play to to succeed because you know you're not dying, you're doing things that are important in a, in a general sense, but maybe you don't have the the nuance down, and then also allows for experimentation of would it be cool if we flooded berries on this one or committed to the snail and. S- had someone camp here whatever whatever your harebrained theory is like it is as wide open as it will ever be right now so for the more wild ass teams on the on the schedule like this is their chance to actually force their opponent to play twilight map it's technically twilight's been in the league the entire time literally the entire time it's been choosable you play day night dusk and then if you're if you're trailing at that point you could choose the map and you could choose twilight now Pretty much only from dusk map till dawn ever chose. Yeah, they're the only ones that I remember ever picking it in a previous season. The other teams like it would be picked like as a joke. The crowd kind of gets excited. Jerry would have like, "Oh, we're gonna see a meet," and then we're going to the map that we actually want. <laughs> right. We're not trying to get thrown out. <laughs> so what do you, what do you think? What are your general thoughts on meet map or sorry, twilight map? My thing and the I'm, newest version of it, by the way. Yeah. So what I'm going to try to keep myself in a positive mindset with something new, so, you know, part of it has changed. There's some things that I'm, I don't feel as comfortable with as a speed warrior on the map as I do, say, dusk map, where there's a lot more open space. What I've found that keeps me very kind of positive with it is that I feel like dusk meat map really rewards precision and your control of your avatar. There's an infinite wrap on the sides and you can do an infinite loop from left down to middle up to right and you can just do figure eights all over the map, control the entire map. But you have to be very precise and frame perfect with it. Your speed open, landing on that little ledge, grabbing the berry and then going to the speed gate. Those are all things that your tech you have a little bit of forgiveness on some of the other maps with that. If you don't hit that jump just right on night map that's okay because there's a lot of room on that ledge to go ahead and go forward. As long as you don't get bumped, then it's okay. Twilight, though, you've got to be very precise on your movements or you're going to run into a small nub or get yourself killed. So that's, I think, what's going to be the best thing about that is that precision, taking that and then using it on maps where you do have more forgiveness. You're already going to be so much more fine that you're going to be even more lethal on those maps that do give you a little more leeway. Yeah, I found... So I end up grinding tech by myself. Like I played, I played two hours today. There was nobody else around. I activated everybody. I work at free play, so I just it was before hours, and I just activate everything and go. And I, I typically do that, and I just practice J dies. Normally, I would do this in night map where you could infinitely wrap. Mm-hmm. Well, you can infinitely wrap in Twilight as well, except there are so many ledges to to get caught up on or to practice J diving on that it is. If you can J dive on Twilight map. You oh, have become be a master. Yes, yeah, yeah, super crisp. As a training ground, I kind of like it. I mean, I kind of like it, slash I kind of hate it, because my goodness, is it hard to hit all those Js during that map. It's certainly wild open. I, I feel like there's a lot there. There's a lot of nooks and crannies and like things that we could exploit and have a 
maybe a week long or a month long, you know, advantage while nobody can figure out how, like particularly those, what do you call the crevices? Do we have a name for it yet? The crevices? Oh, the, when, uh, over the, uh, when you're over the rope, the nubs? Yes. Yeah. I think somebody in Discord has called them, when you're at least there, they're the nub lord. I call them buck teeth. Yeah. But yeah, just, and that's kind of the interesting thing about it is because it feels like it's a berry map because of the ease of access to get into the hive. Even though there's one entrance, it feels like berries are filled in very quickly on Dusk Map. Mm -hmm. But once you can get the snail over to the buck teeth, it becomes very, very difficult to remove them. It's like the, it's a more souped up version of the... That's uh, like a the, bunker in there. You can't get them out. No, yeah. I think it's been theorized that it takes at least two pieces, and one of them has to be a queen, to get a warrior out of there if they're just holding and sticking in there. Because all the warrior would have to do, because you have to lip in and under, they just turn around and would kill you before you get you back in. Yeah, at least at least the objective and somebody being right on top of it, or I don't even know how you go at it with that with you know without the snail there to provide additional pressure. Yeah, I would just it's one of those like like I have uh, one of my theories is that like uh, there's spots in the map like how we all accept that in the tunnel. You really don't want to challenge the snail under there unless you can get in and ride out. Right. Always have an exit plan. And it's the same thing kind of with the the nubs on Dusk Map. You know, you want to just kind of swing in and swing out, but it's really difficult to remove somebody there. It's kind of the same thing there with the nubs. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I've had a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun with the wildness of it. Like, like yourself, I'm trying to stay positive. Like, of course, I've put a lot of time into the other maps. So, you know... It doesn't. It doesn't feel nice to feel uncomfortable again. Like this is all new. Why am I getting killed like this? So, so I try to put those thoughts aside and just accept it for what it is, which is a balanced map. In that the left side is exactly the same as the right side, and the fundamentals of the games have not changed. The everybody suggests that the that the bubbles should blow you down, but that doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm glad it doesn't happen because it doesn't fundamentally change the physics of the game. It's literally just a new map and it's balanced. So I got to figure this out, and I like a challenge and I like the challenge. So it's in this league league format and i'm happy about it absolutely all right so let's move on to the actual matches we had a so for league day one it was the 27th we all play two set each team plays two matches six six sets total all four matches if there is a tie break then the loser of twilight chooses the next one i did that because i figured someone might be salty that they lost a set on twilight so they get to choose that last map mm -hmm. That's sort of the format, day, night, dust, twilight, and then possibly a fifth match. We started off with the new expansion team, LMA the Apiarist. She chose the name Honey Bunnies, so if you don't like the name, blame LMA, but LMA's too nice to blame for anything. Honey Bunnies and their number one draft pick, Guido, against, well, the defending champions, the champions of everything, the ultimate champions of the Free Play Killer Queen League, Eric Merritt's own Battlehive Apis. It's not mine, it's Mahir's. I'm just along for the ride for this season. I mean, you know, he's 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 somewhere in there with the being the APRS and all. But yeah, he, he he chose the groceries well. I'll put it that way. Yeah, he definitely drafted a very strong. I think Ryan even mentioned it in the stream yesterday. He's like, Well who let this team get together? I mean this is a uh, the Honey Bunny is for their opening draw. That's just for a brand new team, they drew the defending champ and then the number two team in the standings from last season uh, yeah. in Wannabes. Or not Wannabes. No, they uh, yeah, Technically the number three. For, yeah, yeah. It was number three. Not bad. So that is oh, this is kind of like a baptism by fire sort of intro. Yeah, it's... So to go behind the scenes on, on how the schedule is made, it's really just challenge doing a double 
Yeah, it, no, I know it's just challenge yeah. doing it. Right, and it's because we have exactly six teams in the league, and we I'm constantly looking to expand. Right now, our expansion and our contrition has been like matching, so we've just been stable. Ultimately, I'd like this thing to expand to eight teams, in which case it's a lot more full and diverse schedule, and also beyond eight teams, in which case we have a minor league and a major league, or tiers of leagues, and I will work extra hard just to accommodate all that stuff but that's for later for now it was the battle hive apis and the honey bunnies do you have any memories of this match it was 4-0 battle hive apis one of the things that i felt that first day map that honey bunnies really put us on back foot a little bit there they got a good uh rush on berries and because our team and this one thing i'm going to be interested in seeing is how many teams have like a set a plan that they go into with every game versus, all right, how do we feel on this Sunday? How do we feel? Do you have a set game plan that you want to do? And that's just what you're going to be doing? Or, well, based off of us playing this team, we're going to adjust that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Honey Bunnies, on all of their maps, got strong berry advantages early on us. Mm -hmm. And that's something that did make us very uncomfortable on the day map until we... Snail wasn't really moving for a good period of the map. And we did just feel kind of a little... Shaky, I believe Guido put Simone on Last Life a couple of times, definitely on Day Map for sure. Yes. And I believe he did also on Dusk. And so, you know, that's kind of it's, why I remember that one. It's it's very it's very Guido heavy, as you might expect. You know, it's it's LMA, Sam, Emily, and I don't know who their fifth is. Vito says that they're fifth. Mm-hmm. So an inexperienced team with the number one draft pick. So Guido's you know, trying to carry it as much as he can, running berries in, in squads. Three objective runners at times. Emily just to hold down the fort. Um, they, I'm glad they're competitive. I'm glad they're pushing you a little bit. I hope that they're having fun. It's tough to be the expansion team. Man, I hope they don't lose faith because it's a, it's a fun league. But that, that first season can be rough. Okay. So then we, the second match of the game was the Wannabes versus Holland Count. And Pollen Count takes out one, three, one. So now that's yeah. your team. So now this is something that's interesting because when Simone and I were watching Wannabes during the preseason tournament, and we're on stream saying this, like y'all went up full military. And we thought that was a miscommunication mm-hmm. from you that y'all weren't paying attention, not that you weren't paying attention, but y'all weren't calming and gelling on who was doing what. And then you did it again at night, Madden. So we're like, okay, so this is what they're doing. So the Wannabes are, what it seems like is that y'all are planning to go 4-0 um, as a full mill team this mm-hmm. season. Yeah, that's the plan. And and so what happened was in the offseason, Nathan Kasten, our top player, he retired or, or took a sabbatical from the league, as did Megan. DeAndre stepped in and, as that role to be our apiarist. We have me. I'm a mid-level queen. I've been a, I think I've been an all-star one time. I'm, I'm good enough to have won a championship when Eric can carry me. But beyond that, I'm just in the middle of the road. We also have like four warriors who are new to the game or somewhere in the in the middle-ish haze. There's no one, there's no triple-A player that's going to drive us through things. And we, all of us are warriors or, or at least have some inkling of wanting to learn to position better. So I felt like, you know, rather than, rather than try and like go a conventional strategy and know that we can't handle Battle Hive Apis, right? Like just straight up or a team of that ilk why not like get everybody up and then lessen the burden if we can all stay alive we lessen the burden like about doing spicy stuff and allow each other to learn how to do the little tech that we need to do to to win a map and if it goes well it should go well fairly quickly and if it goes poorly it'll also go poorly fairly quickly (laughs) yeah 
it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun from the inside. But, you know, to this match, Pollen Count, they took it to us. They won the first three. We didn't win till Twilight, in which case that one was a, a quick wash because uh, Full Mill came to effect. But we got up Full Mill three of the four maps and total, 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 total time throughout the entire day, we had less of twenty, less than 20 seconds of Full Mill. Like, yeah. it's... It's rough out there, so staying alive was our problem throughout that. And shout-outs to Kobe out there, the host of the Killer Queen League podcast. She went on a warpath against us, and I've been seeing her in my dreams. Yeah, well, she is taken, sir. And as are you. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's more like a blade running through me over and over again. Uh, so more nightmares then. Yes, yes. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, no, definitely have to give credit to Pollen Count. They... I mean, they're way improved. They're way improved. Very dangerous. We were watching. We were watching a lot of that game, Battle Hive, together, just sitting there because we're just finishing up wrapping our game, and like we're watching Pollen Count, and we're just looking around and just like Crystal just going out of her mind, especially on the night map, which I know we're gonna get back into later. But She's scary. Like, That's that, is she the best APRist? Like, oh, I'd have to like look at the list of everybody, but I know like she here, has, here's good. Yeah, over, Dre's between, improving. Between this season and last season, though, she's become, like, just using the sample size that we have, definitely just much more dangerous on her warrior play. I think she's just way more confident in her, the little tech, and that just leads to being more confident in, like, going for the going for this last kill on a night map, where, you know, maybe if you're not as certain with yourself, maybe you hold back on that. But she gets two clean J-dives, goes for the kill there, and just... Very crisp. Yeah, yeah. Crisp is the word because Stabby was... I, I was I was just opening, like, clipping the openings for my team. And uh, Stabby's holding a ledge. He's at the ledge under... It's a desk map. He's flat up against the ceiling, or at least he thinks he is. And Crystal gives no Fs. She just J's straight on him and kills him. And, like, I didn't even see him drop. He just, she just ran him through like she was invincible. She had the, she had the Mario star. Yeah, the side frames. Do you like Smashing Bros? Do you like talk show hosts? Then we have just the podcast for you. Presenting On Air with Big Pink and... Dare Bear, that's me. That's her. Join us as we chat about everything Super Smash Bros related. Weekly tournaments, character discussions... Who's the best right now? Drink specials... Ever had a Jigglypuff cocktail? Check us out on the rest of the Free Play Podcast Network at anchor.fm slash freeplay. Or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and copy RSS. Smash, Smash you later! later. Next match we had uh, from Dusk Map Till Dawn. They win four, if you're not familiar, from Dusk Map Till Dawn. They beat Results May Berry. From Dusk Map Till Dawn, they're our vampire cosplaying team. Man, I love seeing their pictures. Yeah, they are probably my favorite team. As team far having as, fun right there. As team far, having fun. Yeah, as far as aesthetic goes, they're my favorite team. As far as, like, standings-wise, they're just always, they're always just very competitive. Josh is just a very difficult queen to battle against he just when he's he's like a i'm, I'm going to say this and i'm gonna i know some people are gonna take exception to it he's a, a shipwash junior there's a lot of times where i think that he is in a very killable position mm -hmm. and then he doesn't die he either gets out or he kills and he just like he, yeah his his training throughout his killer queen career has basically been running from his life from the top level dallas talent right like like, from the very beginning, he's probably played the game... I think he's played the game longer than basically anyone we know. But throughout that, it's just been running for his life. Like, consistently, always, 
not known for for communicating well although you know he's been with this team actually picked up the bff uh, achievement during during his uh, his league matches oh, for okay. playing over 100 games with Nate Andrews the apiarist of the from dust not till dawn oh that's cool yeah i didn't i didn't get too much to see on this one i will say results may vary they were able to get richard in the draft with the second yes. pick and he was out with the flu so andrew ortega stepped in did his best. My man's called Andy Nubs for a reason. He literally doesn't have all five fingers on his hand. He has like 4.75 of his thing. So, so getting into a tapping contest, and he was their queen, is just not fair. So good on him for standing up once again when needed. But like that's, that's not their full complement. So I'm looking forward to see results may vary at their full strength and coming back against from dust map till dawn later in the season. After that... 4-0 from dust map till dawn, going straight into the second set of matches. 4-0 against pollen count. So you got some competition, Battle Hive. Yeah. Again, and there's, what I like about them, they are really. They're also another team that does a really strong berry run. And then I believe they've got is, is Bree Sandifer is on that team this year. Is that no, correct? No, no. Uh, Bree is actually has actually joined Results May Berry. So okay. So who's yeah. their interior? So their interior. I don't know who specifically plays interior, but that team is Josh Sandifer at Queen. Nate Andrews is playing. I believe Defensive Warriors mainly his thing, but maybe he's he stepped. Up. Oh, Speed is Duddy. Duddy. Okay. Well, um, there you go. Yeah. And uh, Camber and Abby round out that team. They have only five, just like Battle Hive Apis. Camber is looking to flex, I think, I hear, and then, but she's been a competent uh, berry runner throughout the, the, the last few seasons of the league, and honestly, she's been playing longer than most people know because she's a cosplayer, professional cosplayer, and we brought Killer Queen out to Let's Play Game Expo in 2019, 2018, okay. and uh, literally just me and her just sat there and played for like, I don't know, 18 hours. Like, we just kept playing and kept playing and kept playing, so she, she absolutely plays a lot. She's just... Also, she's a professional cosplayer, professional racer. She's a jack of all trades. She can she can three D print for you as well. But uh, she finally found the time to commit to kill a queen, and, and she's she's much improving. So, God, it's a, a scary team. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you got Duddy as your offensive and need be defensive backbone there. Like that's definitely a really strong team there. And so that's not a knock on Pollen Count. That's just Dust Match with Dawn is just like a very solid and like just stout team. Yeah, and, and Pollen Count played well. It's just. It just, you know, over the course of time, they they, they got the, the four maps. It was competitive. I did watch it. Yeah, Pollen Count hung in there. And again, they're, they're much improved. But from dust map till dawn looks to be, once again, part of the class of the league. I feel, feel like we have three tiers of teams within the league. There's, there's Battle Haven from dust map till dawn. And you guys can duke it out whenever you duke it out to determine who's better there. And then and then there's there's pollen count, and I'm not sure where the wannabes sit in this. We we may be in that one, we may be lower, but pollen count is, is definitely in that next tier. And then you have like the kind of the retooling teams or the the who how good are they teams of of the psychopaths that are going full mill, the wannabes, Guido and the Extraordinaires of the Honey Bunnies, and results may Barry, who has a talented, like much improving queen who was who was defending champion with the battle battle hive apis. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him with his team, but they're incomplete as of yet. Yes, and then running right to him, uh, Honey Bunnies. They're getting their first win of the season in franchise history with a three-two victory over Results May Berry. That uh, was a very exciting one going to Game because I believe Honey Bunnies took map one 
and then lost two and three, take meet, and then win game five, if I'm not mistaken. The, yes, that's correct. That is okay. correct. Did you watch the set? I went over it, and then I haven't, like, enough, not enough where I have notes on it, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I was sitting there watching and, and actually, like, enjoying the set as it went along. It, went along. it was the only one that went five maps. Again, Ortega, Andy Nubs, he was, he was playing Queen, standing in for Richard, and the Honey Bunnies, the expansion team, I mean, it was a war, and, and I like to see the, the pop-offs, like, Andrew was really feeling himself, getting a, that Twilight map. It was just good to see the excitement and the buzz around the Free Play Killer Queen League, in particular this match. Like, there was a lot of, lot of energy at the cab, and I just love to see it. I'm super happy for the Honey Bunnies, and shoutouts to Results May Berry as well. They have improved, and that's not even their final form. Richard's coming. Yes. So, and it's always good, for, especially like uh, for the new team, Honey Bunnies, getting that first win early. It can definitely be tough. Like you're the new team expansion, and then you, I mean, even um, what I guess my second season, when I, my first season with Battle Hive, we went on quite a tear as far as like losing early on, and you get like you get down on yourself. And so, if you can go ahead and break that early, and go ahead and like, all right, we got to win. And we can use that to build on. That just gives you something to f- go ahead and move forward. And you're looking at the standings. You see that you're not far away from the top there. Mm-hmm. Definitely great, especially for, I said, our new team. Yeah, just just even a taste of victory is nice. I, I, I know from from personal experience, too, the, the, the season after we lost you, Eric, our defending, quote, defending champion season, we didn't win a single map. That was partly due to another lost player as well. So we were completely, completely undermanned. But that didn't change the fact that we fielded a team of five every time that like dutifully went in and knew that they had a very little chance. And indeed, they got annihilated every time. And it was, it was everything I could do to keep that team invested and having fun. And that's actually where a lot of my, you know, from Dust Mantle Dawn dresses up. Pollen Count sneezes because... Crystal's a, a meteorologist. Um, yeah, I, I give out little bears and flowers to my teammates. And I just want to make sure that like they know that like we're in this together. Love you guys. Love my team. It doesn't matter if we win or lose. Like Playing the game is fun. And playing it with my team is honestly, like it means as much to me as any part of my job. Let's go into the last set of the map of the, of the night. It was our two teams, Battle High Vapus. And the Wannabes, 4-0 Battle Hive Apis. You guys tore through us. Let's see. I remember basically running for my life from you all the time. That was pretty <laughs> much my, my recollection of this. I think it's, it's more standard. Like, we're facing a 3-1 team. Like, you guys are playing a format that at least I'm very familiar with because we have run that strategy for seasons. We've just abandoned it for full mill, but it's probably... Battle Hive Apis is his first time going against a full mill team. So what did you guys think of that experience? I think the biggest thing with the full mill team is really keeping the queen feeling like she's safe. Because y'all, all, just by base default, you're always going to have more military pressure than we are at no hopefully, time. Are we, hopefully. Yeah, yeah hopefully. <laughs> if things are going our way, then hopefully we. our goal is to go ahead and switch for a team that we know is going to go full military, mm-hmm. win the first engagement, and then just lock out right. and just take the air out of the map. But it's a good test for a team that we're really trying to play very defensively. Like one of the things Simone puts in our chat is like, hey, we aren't going out looking for fights. The fights come to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does take a little bit of pressure off knowing that as long as we get the snail moving forward, that we're fine. 
If the snail starts moving a little farther back, that's okay because there is no berry pressure. There's there right. are only things like as long as snail's moving and as long as Simone stays safe, then we're fine. Mm. I think we, Simone actually goes on last on day map, and I'm hear me on there. It's like, hey, calm down, mm-hmm. get out of the fight, get you know, just get higher than that. Stop getting low. Don't put yourself in danger. Who's the big talker exactly. on Battle High Vapus? Who's the big talker? I mean, everybody really. Just like I just kind of like shot call with Simone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a pinch that happens on Night Map, actually in the first set, where Simone is set up with me here, and he's just I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this J one two three and then goes. And yeah. so it's just like that's the big things. Like everybody on the team is talking, communicating. We didn't do a good like up downs like we need to, but it's mostly just uh, emotion management. It's like hey. Something's going wrong. That's fine. We just keep moving forward. Yeah, for my team, you know, a lot of inexperience. We haven't played with each other. Me and Dre played with each other the previous two seasons, but every, every it seems like every season, like two seasons ago, Dre was moving the snail for us, and then last season he got war- wings for the first time, and now he's a speed warrior. So he's been like jumping up and improving greatly, but that's a lot to process. So communication is. I'm, it's, it's, it's stressed in our chat. We definitely talk about it a lot, but it's still, we still need to, to talk more overall. So, so we're, we're, we're not, we're still in the oven. I'll put it that way. Yeah. But I'm, I'm very proud of my team. And to be honest, playing full mill, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Let's sink or swim. And, but either way, I'm, I'm going to have fun and we're going to try. We're going to try. Someone's getting mowed down. It might be us. Yeah. But yeah. That brings us to the end of our season recap thus far. League date one. I guess before we get too much further, let's bring in a new segment. We didn't come up with a name for it specifically, but I want to nominate for, I guess, Sinister Name submissions as well. But nominations for Player of the Week. Eric, what do you got? I think without question, it's got to be Crystal. Just the, Especially that map against Wannabes. It was a play that she does here, and it's been clipped in the one of the challenge. You can find chats. it on the Twitch, the Twitch yeah, as well. It's on the Twitch. It's on the Discord. Yeah, twitch.tv slash freeplayarcade. Check our clips if you want to see it. It's actually been clipped twice because Ryan clipped it. I didn't see that on the way home, and as soon as I got home from Arlington, I clipped it too. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a much better name for it. She goes in. She clears her ledge out twice with two of the cleanest J-dives I've seen yeah. in the league. Yeah, it was like period. they lined up to get Jade on. It was... It was amazing. And then she leaves Hive. Chris gets tied up with Brian. And I believe it's it's a two-bounce stick. She goes, she bounces twice, or two-bounce pinch. She lips in and then just times it perfectly, just sends it, ends the map. Oozing confidence there. So without a doubt, I have to give it to Crystal. Yeah, she was she was amazing. I, As the, the final victim of that one, I certainly remember that. And also, as I mentioned before, she got a she got a really clean J on Dusk Map against Stabby, so she was she was on fire. My nominee for Player of the Week, I, you know, I could I could say Guido because he's carrying the honeybees, or sorry, the honey bunnies as queen. But I, I think we anticipated that Guido would be their top player, and he goes with uh, uh, they go as he goes. But the one that you don't account for is Emily. She's back this season. And she's their defensive warrior, and she led the Honey Bunnies in every statistical category for Warriors. She had the most kills, she had the most military kills, most uptime, and she's the reason that Simone was on Last Life for Daymap. She put him on Last Life, and she's the reason you guys didn't win in like 14 seconds, because she's the one, the one lone defensive warrior over the snail, just like 
making sure that you guys don't win absolutely for free. So shout outs to Emily. She's my nominee. All right. So how we want to go ahead and do the segment is that we'll have it in the comments and we'll also have a Spotify poll between those, was it uh, between Emily and Crystal? Uh, go ahead and vote there. And I guess it'd be the same thing like the NFL has like the offensive player of the week or yeah. whatever, but it was like FedEx or something when it's air. And I think it's something else when it's the ground player. We're only going to have yeah. the one. So just we got to think of a, fake, of a fake sponsor here. We'll, <laughs> or, or, or send your, your sponsor money our way and we'll, we'll have it be a sponsored player of the week. But uh, yeah, the, the two nominees are Emily and Crystal. And uh, yeah, you can just, just tell us who you vote for in the comments either here. On, I'm sorry, here. Yeah, yeah, here. Do it here. Yeah. yeah. If you're listening on Spotify, there's a poll up there. You can comment on Facebook or comment on, on the Twitter link from Free Play Arcade. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll tabulate that before the, the next episode. And uh, yeah, speaking of which, next league date. Yeah, next league date. It's 11th of no- December. So let's go ahead and do like a quick, I got yeah, a quick look at the matches there. And I'll go ahead and get the standings up. Yeah, so so it's it's December eleventh. It's Sunday, six p.m. You can catch it if you're you can catch it live in person at Free Play Arlington. That's where we always play. I probably should have mentioned that before, but yeah, we're always at Free Play Arlington. At least in these seasons of the Free Play Killer Queen League, you can catch it on Twitch at Twitch.tv/FreePlayArcade. And these first two league dates, we're playing two sets. Now, after the Christmas break, we'll come back and we'll be playing three sets each. So. Make sure you don't leave early, Eric. I know that happened one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it'll be a quick, you know, a brisk two sets, and then we'll we'll be off to our drunken casuals as per usual. But our two uh, two league sets. Let's see. I, honestly, the big one. It's it's the big boys. Battle High Vapus and from Dust Map to Dawn play for the first time this regular season, and uh, I'll definitely have my popcorn ready. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, very early on, you got both teams last week or I guess yesterday, going 8-0 in their total matches. So yes. somebody has to lose their first map. It's a rematch of last season's playoff final. playoff championship. So, I mean, it's definitely a big one. That's Even if I wasn't on uh, Battle Hive, you know, that's the one I'd be circling as far as like how that's going to shake up the standings. And that's going to be the second game of the night. We also have, though, we also got a lot of great games, though. We've got Results May Berry against Pollen Count. Pollen Count is a team that is... Pollen Count and Honey Bunny is both 1-1. One and one. They both were able to get some maps in, so mm-hmm. not too far back of tiebreak. So one of those teams after this first round is going to drop to 2-1, and one, so that's an opportunity for both of them to try to move their way to second place. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Pollen Count's there. But also, Results May Berry should be stronger because I'm anticipating Richard will be back from his illness. He was very close. Like, he had messaged back and forth, basically. I told him, because he was like... I think he was within like like the five to seven days. I'm not sure what end of it is. I was like, consult a medical professional. That is not me. Like I'm not saying no, but I am saying you know ask ask your doctor friend or whatever. And uh, last minute he had to he had to drop out, but uh, he's gonna be back. And so pollen count versus results may vary. Should be a good one. Did I get that right? Yeah, results may vary. Pollen count. Yeah, and yeah. Then the set final match of the. Th- Third set, which is the first set of the second date, say that three times fast, is the Honey Bunnies and Wannabes. So, new team going up against the full military. So, it'd be interesting to see Boy, what adjustments. The fire and ice there. <laughs> what it, uh, full mill and no mill. Yeah, so what uh, what adjustments are going to take place there? It's, def- like, it's definitely going to be interesting. There's a lot of clashing of styles there. And then we move straight on into the second set of, for the day. We'll have Wannabes stay right out of the cab going up against Dust Map to Dawn. Either riding high from going 3-0 or taking their first loss, depending on how that first match goes. That'll be another one. So, I love I love playing against Josh. 
Like yeah. I've played against Josh's queen, like me queen, him queen, more than anybody else. I play him all the stinking time, and every time it's, it's it's a pleasure. It's he's as you've said before, he's so crafty at getting away from everything. Like you just attacking him head to head is like it's not Eriberto bad. Like I don't even want to think about trying to attack Eriberto because he's just not gonna die. But you know, Josh is seemingly always safe. Like he's not. He's just. He's just always doing something crafty to not get stenched or something. So uh, he's, a, he's a fun one. And then we go to the second to last match of the day. will be Battlehive Apis against Results May Barry. That's Richards. It's the uh, returning home to like play like, Mike McCarthy going to Lambeau Field as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. So it's Richards. You know, I specifically asked you not to bring up that game. <laughs> So okay, well then, Brady going back to Gillette Field. Fair enough. There you go. There, there you go. go. There you go. Uh, so Richard playing against his old team. Um, so that'll be definitely fun, and that'll be again results may vary with the full complement. Definitely excited for that one. And then we close out the night with Pollen Count and Honey Bunnies. I'll be interested to see if Crystals keep on that hot tear, or do we see Guido and the Honey Bunnies continue to gel, and can they take that momentum from getting that first win in their second match and carry that on to what potentially could be at that point three and one putting them in a strong position for early on in the regular season. Yeah, that, that's that's all exciting matches that are coming up on December 11th, 6 p.m. Central Time. You can catch it at twitch.tv slash freeplayarcade or go to Freeplay Arlington and root us on in person. We like when you yell at us. I want to give a special shout out to Jerry Garcia, Ryan Hess, and Mad Mike Jones who produced the stream and commentated for us yesterday and... Jerry and Ryan are, are planning to be there every league date of the season, and I'm super happy. They do a good job. I've actually enjoyed the broadcast this season even more than I have before. It's because it's, you know, we have a good solid play-by-play guy, and we have... Good uh, color commentary. Yes, good color commentary. A man who knows what he's doing, who's been in the league before, who travels around competing. So yeah, both of them are good. So shout-outs to them. And of course, Mike, who was producing this, this past league. I couldn't do it without you guys. Uh, stream is much improved. I had to switch from XSplit to OBS, but we no longer have the lag issues. We had an issue with the camera being inverted. Yeah. And yeah that that's, was, that'll be fixed. Yeah, that's why they noticed it. And it's funny because it's on the Crystal clip is that they attribute it to Molly. And I'm looking, it's like, no, I know for a fact that was <laughs> And I'm just looking at the camera, like, I know this is wrong. But from the way the camera looks, it's like, no, Molly should be on Skulls. But she signed in on abs. like... How would you do that on accident? And so it's like, oh, yeah, it's a camera. But yeah, these are things that, that you don't think about it at 1230 in the morning. You're just like, yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Eight hours it took to rebuild. Because that's a totally new program. I had to teach myself OBS and completely rebuild the stream. And it took me eight hours in one day. So I, I guess thank, thank you to Freeplay for paying me to do all this. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the December 11th. And yeah, we'll, we'll see you then. But let's close it out. But I'm too boring to close it out, so that is why I have my man Eric here. He's known for his pop-offs, and I, frankly, I want you to have the last word. So take us out, Eric. All right. So, hey, appreciate everybody coming out for the first episode of Hive Watch. And, again, it's always great to talk about Killer Queen. You know, this is the greatest game in the world. It's a five-on-five game. You play with your friends. You get to get loud. You get to get interested. Um, there's a lot of strategy under the hood. It seems like a very simple game at first, but there's just so much there. And having a competitive league to really refine those skills is always great. If you're listening to the podcast or watching on this uh, Twitch and you're like, hey, I would like to play this game, 
We play at Free Play times a week. On Wednesdays, we're in the Free Play Richardson location. We do a rotating Free Play on days uh, in the Free Play, the Arlington, Richardson, Denton, and Fort Worth locations. I believe I got all of them. They are opening one in Dallas soon. You can always go on Facebook and you can search for the F- F- Free Play Killer Queen League. So oh, is that F- the whole thing? It's the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, so uh, the Free Play Killer Queen League. So F-P-K-Q-L on Facebook. Don't believe you have a Twitter. I don't have a Twitter now that Elon Musk owns it. So, If you want to search hashtag FPKQL, I'm sure there isn't another one. So you'll find it there too. Yeah. And if you find something else that's not that, we didn't do it. But definitely come out and play with us. We're always more than willing to show more people the greatest game in the world. <laughs> <laughs>